What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins announcing on Thursday that they have parted ways with several defensive assistants, including defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. How we got here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Friday, January 20th, 2023, and the Miami Dolphins announced some long-anticipated changes on Thursday, starting with defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. We're here today to talk all about um, how we got to this point and what we expect the Dolphins will do from here. We've kind of already communicated some expected scheme changes, but um, the, the fallout of the announcement of Josh Boyer's release from the team uh, certainly is a, a step towards getting this defense back on track in a lot of ways that has had a three-year regression, really, when you consider 2020, 2021, and then 2022. Um, if you're unfamiliar with me, welcome to the show. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the co-founder of thedraftnetwork.com. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster, Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. And I do uh, recognize the cruel irony of LinkedIn sponsoring the Friday episodes here on Locked On and us talking about the ramifications of um, a job change for the Dolphins, a defensive coordinator. But I have tried to make sure that when I talk about the Dolphins defense and Josh Boyer, I, I try to continue to keep it in the perspective of, I understand how we got to this point. And there are elements that were not in the defensive coach's control, such as injuries and one ended up being like a top five strength of schedule and going to quarterbacks, but that's just the world you're going to have to live in. So you, you have to be able to adjust on the fly. And I think that's something the Dolphins didn't necessarily do enough of. The Dolphins released the press uh, statement yesterday. Dolphins announced that they have parted ways with defense coordinator Josh Boyer. Uh, Mike McDaniel released a statement. I'm grateful for Josh's contributions this year and throughout his tenure with the Dolphins. This defense made strides throughout the season, so this coming to this decision was not easy, but ultimately I feel is in the best long-term interest of the Miami Dolphins and the continued growth of our players and team. Safeties coach Steve Gregory, outside linebackers coach Ty McKenzie, and assistant linebackers coach Steve Ferentz were also relieved of their duties. Uh, the theme here, these are a lot of Pats, guys. There's a lot of Patriots assistants that were here and carried over from the previous regime with previous backgrounds in the kind of defense that we grew to know the Dolphins to run the last four seasons. I think that's pretty telling, to be completely honest with you, that the changes all fall in line with the ideology and the approach. I think you look at the, um, the coaches who were relieved uh, and the safeties coach, the assistant linebackers coach, the outside linebackers coach, and the defensive coordinator. And I think you think about what the performance of those rooms was and the impact the Dolphins had in the middle of the field. And I think it's probably the right areas of focus. And I hope that there's new coaches, and, and quite frankly, in all of these rooms, I, I hope there's continued turnover uh, to try to get the chemistry right with what they ultimately want to do defensively. Um, 
But you look at this Dolphins defense this year, and we're not going to bemoan the, the statistic too much, but they had 14 turnovers on the season. Uh, you know it's bad when you are top eight in the NFL in offensive turnovers per game, and then from a turnover margin differential, you are still minus seven. 14 turnovers in 17 regular season games. Now, they had three in the playoff game, and that's great. And I saw... Several bits of feedback that, wow, the Dolphins' defense is what kept them in that game against the Bills. Can't believe they fired Josh Boyer. But that was not the standard performance for the Dolphins. The Dolphins had more turnovers in the playoff game than they had in their final six regular season games. An equal amount, excuse me. They had one against San Francisco. So they had three turnovers in their final six games. There were three games this season in which Miami had three turnovers. Patriots week one, Steelers week seven, and Texans week 12. They, of course, won all of those games. Every other game combined, I'm not a math guy, but I could take three plus three plus three, and that's nine. You mean to tell me in every other game you played this year, you got five turnovers? Some of that's not Josh Boyer, right? Like some of that is players on the field making plays. Some of that is a bounce of the ball that you can't really control. I understand that. But if you want to look at reasons for the Dolphins' regression, I mean, they, they had 14 turnovers forced this year. In 2021, the team forced 26. 26. They were top eight in the NFL in turnovers. And then in 2020, the Dolphins' defense forced 29 turnovers. So you win 29, 26, 14. Some of that's players and availability. Some of that is making plays and the opportunities that you have at hand. But that dramatic of a drop-off, I have a really hard time believing that some of that was not boiled down to players not being put in positions to actually make those plays. And that's tough, right? Because Mike McDaniel brought was brought in, and from what I understand, Mike McDaniel's initial idea and vision for the coaching staff did not include the incumbents, there were guys that were identified to play to the strengths of the team that were not the incumbents on staff. And for whatever reason, it was ultimately decided we're going to maintain the staff on the defensive side of the ball for the name of continuity. And, well, you know, that didn't exactly work out too well. The Dolphins, for three consecutive seasons, not only regressed in, in turnovers, they regressed in points allowed. 2020, they were sixth in scoring defense, 338 points. 2021, they were 16th in scoring defense, 373 points. And obviously, there's an extra game that was played. And then 2022, 399 points. It was good for the 24th scoring defense in the NFL. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you go backwards in those two things, unless you have a significant explosion on the other side of the ball, and the Dolphins did, they were sixth in yards offensively and 11th in scoring offense with no contributions from special teams, and I don't think we're out of the woods there yet, um, you're going to regress. And they regressed. They, they were 29th in the NFL and interceptions locked. They gave up 15 rushing touchdowns, which was bottom half of the league. Their turnover percentage of drives, drives ending in turnovers, 7.6%. That was 30th in the NFL. 
They were 21st in plays per drive, 6.1. You, you look across the board, and I'm just I'm sitting here looking at it now. This team took steps backwards in every way imaginable. And yes, injuries are a part of that, and that's not Josh Boyer's fault. But when the team continue to evolve and the DNA of the roster continue to evolve throughout the course of the season and Cater Kohum emerges and you trade for Bradley Chubb, stylistically, we did not change enough of what we did as a defense to absorb those losses of Nick Needham and Byron Jones and Brandon Jones. And I think, you you know, Mike McDaniel said in the statement, you look at the long-term interests of the Dolphins and the growth of their players, I certainly think the talent that's been allocated trends in one direction, and that direction is not a overly man and blitz pressure-heavy dependent system. As far as who's the candidates are, there's there's plenty to talk about there. I'm currently compiling my list on Monday. I'm planning on uh, kind of going through my big board of, of options for defensive coordinators for the team to see what that looks like. But go, before we go any further on today's show, I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn. Uh, as a small business owner or hiring, hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. So I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Anybody who has listened to Locked on Dolphins for any period of time knows you know, I have a super soft spot in my heart for Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a delicious treat that comes without all the fat and calories of most of your other delicious treats that are on the menu. You got to try Built Bars. I don't know what, what kind of witchcraft they are pulling off to get these things to taste so good and yet simultaneously be so good for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, coconut puffs, double chocolate, cookies and cream, you name it. There's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein, and they honestly do taste like you are eating a candy bar. So head to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up the four packs or go to Sam's Club and pick up a 13-bar pack as well. And make sure you thank me later when you, you get yourself a box of Bilt Bars. As we continue here on the show, I do want to acknowledge the open elephant in the room, uh, which is Vic Fangio. Uh, people are asking, Kyle, who are your preferred candidates? Who are your ideal selections. Vic Fangio has been a very, very successful defensive coordinator in the NFL for a long, 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 long. I can't put enough longs on the back end to properly quantify the reputation that Vic Fangio has 
as an NFL defensive coordinator. Here are the stops for Vic Fangio. He's been in the NFL since uh, 86, linebackers coach for 10 years, the Saints. Then he was defense coordinator for the Panthers for their first three seasons, four seasons, excuse me. Uh, they went to a Super Bowl in that stretch. He's the Colts defensive coordinator, uh, the Texans defensive coordinator, uh, the Ravens defensive assistant from 06 to 08, then the Ravens linebacker coach. He was the defensive coordinator for one year in Stanford. And then Jim Harbaugh brings him to the NFL. And he's the defensive coordinator for the 49ers from 11 to 14. Then the Bears defensive coordinator from 15 to 18. And he spent time as the Denver Broncos head coach from 19 to 2021. And this past year spent a year as a Philadelphia Eagles defensive consultant. Uh, those 49ers defenses, Super Bowl caliber defenses. The Chicago Bears defenses, Super Bowl caliber. Um, that is really when you want to boil down who Vic Fangio is. Uh, he was the AP NFL assistant, uh, assistant coach of the year in 2018. This is a zone principle defense, which for me is the number one qualifier. I absolutely want to see the Dolphins go out and get somebody who runs the kind of defense that allows aging corners to age gracefully and capitalize on their instincts, which Vic Fangio does, can dial up pressure, is aggressive-oriented, but plays more with a, an even down, even four up front, and plays zone match principles on the back end. That's what you have in Vic Fangio. The Kyle Shanahan coaching tree defenses traditionally offer much of this same kind of approach. Now, not necessarily all Fangio-rooted systems, but zone-rooted defensive systems. So I think you're looking at coaches off the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree that Mike McDaniel may or may not have shared time with, or a longtime experienced defensive coach who has a sterling reputation and, quite frankly, can own that side of the ball. Mike McDaniel, you do get the sense as a delegator because he wants to focus on the offense. So if you can have a head coach of the defense, and I'm using air quotes here, uh, to be the defensive coordinator and be somebody who has the kind of experiences that Vic Fangio has, those Broncos defenses were good. Like the 1920-21 Denver Broncos defenses, now they had plenty of talent. So do the Dolphins. And that's what makes, I think, the, the change necessary. And you reflect on these Broncos defenses, they were 10th, 25th, and 3rd in the NFL in scoring defense. That year in, in 20, they took on a lot of water. Um, 316 points allowed in Fangio's first year, 322 points allowed in Fangio's last year. Very, very impressive. And this was not necessarily a bend-but-don't-break style defense either, which I think really pops. You can look across Fangio's other stops, too, and look at defensively. Uh, let's see. Scoring defenses that Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator and had top 10 scoring defenses. 95-96 with the Panthers. Uh, the, that Colts defense and the Texans defense, obviously the Texans defense, that was a expansion franchise that he started with. So they they... Didn't have a lot of talent to work with. San Francisco, 
second in scoring defense, second in scoring defense, third in scoring defense, 10th in scoring defense. Then he goes to Chicago, 20th, 24th, and then his last two years, they were ninth and first. Denver is first year, 10th, and obviously the, the year with the injuries, 25th, and then third in 2021. This guy has been an NFL defensive coordinator for 19 years in the NFL. If he's the fish you land, it's a no-brainer. I really, you know, we're, we're going to do the full exhaustive list, and we're going to talk about probably some New York Jets assistant coaches, given Robert Sala and his attachment to San Francisco. We're, we're going to talk about the 49ers themselves and some of their defensive staff and, and look for candidates there. We'll talk about those, those candidates. But really, there's one big fish that it it is going to be dependent upon this coaching staff and this organization to sell. And it's already been reported that the Dolphins are going to be in on the Vic Fangio hunt. Now, the challenge is Vic Fangio is going to have a lot, a lot of teams interested in his services. So what can the Dolphins do? Bradley Chubb has a pre-existing relationship with Vic Fangio based off the three years that they shared in Denver together. That is a notch in the Dolphins' belt. Mike McDaniel, him being an offensive-oriented coach who is a delegator, I think that can be an appeal to Vic Fangio. I certainly think the core of, of talent that the Dolphins have makes for a compelling pitch. And then it's probably going to come, some of this will come down the money. And the one thing we know about Stephen Ross, for all of the highs and the lows of Stephen Ross, is the man is not afraid to spend money on his product. If that's enough to get it done, then, then we are going to have a lot of fun learning about the Fangio system, talking about the principles, how it works. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet until we know if that's the path the Dolphins choose. So I'm going to do my own research on the candidates that I think are the most sense. I'm probably going to bring five or six names to the table on Monday. But as far as Fangio specifically, there's a lot here that I think overlaps well with what the Dolphins have from a talent perspective. And that in itself being the case, I think makes a very compelling pitch. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional name at your league out there, from pro football to basketball, you name it, they have it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to find all of your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. The defensive coaches, of course, are not the only news we're waiting for, and it's not the only news that we've got. Um, Daryl Bevel, Dolphins quarterback coach, was the interim coach at the end of the year in Jacksonville in 2021, been a very accomplished NFL coach in his own right, made a lot of stops. He had inquiries for teams to interview for their offensive coordinator positions, and he politely said, no, thank you. That is a big win. From an external point of view, to think about a coach who's offered a promotion, and granted, the Jets' offensive situation is not admirable, but to have an opportunity to interview for a promotion and to decline the opportunity 
that's complimentary of what has been instilled here in Miami. And you know, it was the two, I believe two teams interested in Bevel and, and declined them both. So Daryl Bevel coming back, Frank Smith has not gotten the momentum that it was kind of teased that he might. And I think that's good too. The Dolphins are going to, looks like, retain the vast majority of their offensive coaching staff. And that, looking to stack on the year that they had, uh, is a huge, huge, huge win. Can't guarantee for success next year. Obviously, player availability is going to be a question on both sides of the ball, not just at the quarterback position, but both sides of the ball. But the fact that that continuity can carry over year one from year two, and I know former Locked On Dolphins host and, and now team employee, Travis Wingfield, asked a question at the exit uh, press conference with Mike McDaniel about the importance of year two in the system and all of the little things that now become second nature and the attention to detail that allows you to really take things to the next level. It's something to be mindful of, but to know that the Dolphins are going to maintain their core nucleus of assistance in year one, despite the fact that you had a significant jump, or at least it's lining up that way right now, that would be a huge win for the Dolphins. And then we already mentioned Danny Crossman in special teams. I don't think we're out of the woods there. You certainly get the sense that the Dolphins are very uh, process-oriented with these interviews, and they talked about how they don't want to make emotional decisions, and they want to get all the information that they can. I think we're at a point with the Dolphins where continuing to evaluate and self-scout and, and reflect on the year, um, I think Crossman probably has a better compelling pitch to stay because he's been successful. I mean, Danny Crossman has been around plenty as far as coaching and being a coordinator. Pull up his, um, his Wikipedia make sure I get it right. But the thing to remember with Danny Crossman and the Dolphins special teams is a lot of their bottom of the roster players did get injured this year. Like the Trill Williamses of the world, potentially the McKenzie Alexanders of the world. Like those are guys who would have played on teams and the Dolphins lost to those players. Now it doesn't really explain that you had a rookie in Channing Tindall who played some snaps uh, Clayton Fezulum is a staple player of that unit. Seathan Carter was a staple player of that unit, and he got injured. Adam Shaheen would have played on special teams. So, like, there's a lot of players who I can identify who would have played significant snaps on special teams who did not play this season. Again, injuries, kind of out of your control. But here's the Danny Crossman evolution uh, as a special teams coach. He's with Carolina. As a special teams assistant, 0304. So interestingly enough, that did indeed overlap. Uh, no, it did not overlap. Never mind. I was gonna. It was gonna try to connect a Vic Fangio dot that did not exist. Uh, special teams assistant in 0304, and then he was the actual special teams coach, 05 to 06. Then he was the special teams coordinator in Carolina from 0709. So 03 to 09, special teams coach in Carolina. Special teams coordinator in Detroit, 10 to 12. Buffalo, special teams coordinator, 13 to 18. Dolphins, special teams coordinator, 19 to 22. You're talking two decades special teams, and there's been some good units in that group as well, including several of the Dolphins special teams units. Now, 
getting getting that unit back on track. Your kicker's got to make his kicks. You need better bottom end of the roster talent available to you, and the, the, the schemes have to be better. But I think it's easier to rebound from teams versus the conflict that existed on defense between the ideologies and then the talent that existed. I'm not going to promise that that's going to be enough to get Danny Crossman back, but I'm saying Crossman, in my mind, has an easier path to coming back than Boyer. I'll see if that's the case. Make sure you hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Make it a great weekend. Enjoy the football, and I will be back to talk to you all again on Monday.